Welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. This week, we have one of your favorite segments, What I Wish I Knew. And we sit down with Frankie Lee. Now, you may already know him from contentremoval.com and the Frankie Lee podcast, where he has incredible conversations that break patterns and flip perspectives. Frankie has been in the crypto game for a while now, and he has done a lot of research. He lets us know exactly why he has the investment strategy he does, his long-term play, which is something that we have never discussed on the podcast before, and where he thinks everyone should be focusing their attention next. Guys, it means the absolute world to us to know that you are enjoying this content. So if you get something out of this, please jump over to Tapping Into Crypto and at Frankie Lee and let us know. Now, whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious, I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and this is Tapping Into Crypto. So welcome to the podcast, Frankie Lee. It is so good to have you here with us today. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. And we were just chatting before we hit record. I always do a little fangirl over Frankie's podcast because they are that good. So if someone hasn't found you yet and hasn't listened to your podcast, can you tell us a little bit about what sort of conversations you have on there? Well, I've just done one recently actually with examples. So that's one of the conversations that's coming up. And but mainly it's all about helping people like break patterns and flip perspectives in their life, you know, to get more of whatever success is to them. So it's all about mindset, personal development, business. I have some like epic business people come on there, like the boys from High Smile, Davey Fogarty's been on there, that owns the Udi. Ellie Gonzalez has been on there. Um, so many more coming up as well. And it's just, yeah, it's just just something to really get you to, you know, from one point in life to the total next level, all in one package in an audio experience. It is amazing. And they are such vulnerable conversations I love as well. And the questions that no one else is asking. So if you're a podcast fan and you're looking for something new to binge, definitely head over. We'll pop it all in the show notes so you can find it out. But um, amazing podcasts and conversations. Now, of course, today we are going to be chatting about all things cryptocurrency. So the question we ask everyone to the podcast is, what was your very first crypto purchase? My first crypto purchase was Bitcoin. I literally, of course, good. My, my my mate came up to me and he's like, Bitcoin was like eight or nine thousand dollars, and he's like, I just bought free Bitcoin, and I, obviously I've heard about Bitcoin and I knew all this, didn't know much in depth about it. But he's like, Frankie, you got to get on that, and I was like, Man, I don't want to really lay out that much money for three Bitcoin, but I'll just buy one so I'll participate. So I just bought my first Bitcoin for about eight or nine k US, obviously, yeah. and uh, yeah, from there it was like that day taught me a lot. He taught me, one, that when your friend that you value and has, has done bits in life says to you something, take it seriously and also do the 100 hours of research on the back of that. Because that day, I should have sold everything and bought as much Bitcoin and backed the truck up. But I didn't because I was just hedging myself because you know I wasn't willing to go in and do the research. So that's my first mistake and first learning curve with, it, with cryptocurrency. Oh my gosh. And did you hang on to it? Yeah, yeah, I still got that one Bitcoin. However, I did buy another one shortly after. And then I made the second cardinal mistake. What's that? You never, ever sell Bitcoin. You only ever acquire Bitcoin because maybe some people know who listen to this podcast, maybe they don't. But Bitcoin, because it's such a, a great store of value because institutions are buying it. And with the apps like BlockFi and, and services like that and DeFi that's coming on all the time, you never need to sell your Bitcoin to raise capital because if you sell it, there's a taxable event there. 
So I sold the Bitcoin, got a taxable event and lost my Bitcoin. And I only got a little bit of the profit out. Whereas if I'd kept it, I could have loaned against it, took the money that I needed at that time out, kept my Bitcoin, paid it off with the rising value. And uh, it would have been sweet as, but you, you live and you learn. So yeah, that's another tip for you. Hindsight is such a wonderful thing. Yes. Do not sell, guys. Hoddle ne- forever. <laughs> ne- ne- never, never. When you're buying a pristine asset like Bitcoin, you never, ever sell it. You only ever acquire more of it. And it has been like, especially buying back then, back when Bitcoin was eight, $9,000. It's such a journey to get to where we are today. You know, there's been lots of highs, lots of lows, lots of crypto winters to ride through. Um, but now we're here and as we're recording, we've just hit a, a new all-time high, which I think every time we hit record on this podcast, there's another news to talk about. So it's just a wild ride at the moment and certainly something that I'm sure will have uh, an opposite effect. But as you said, if you're here for the long term, there's so much incredible wealth to be made. I buy it every day, every day, two, three hundred dollars every day. I don't care what the, I don't, I don't even look at the price. The price doesn't bother me because I know it's going to half a million, million dollars a coin, ten million dollars in the future. I know where it's going. Once you've done the hundred hours, two hundred, three hundred hours of research, sixty, sixty-five thousand, eighty thousand. If it was a hundred thousand dollars today, US, it's still cheap. It's all about and that strategy which you've just spoken about there and alluded to, um, dollar cost averaging, huge especially if you're playing in that long-term space. So before we dive into what your strategy looks like now, how did you teach yourself about crypto? You mentioned hundreds of hours. Where did you start? Um, The best people to start with and the the people that you should always go back to is Raoul Pal and Michael Saylor. They're the two people in the space that you should listen to because they're all about what one... Raoul Pal's a macro investor and has traded for massive hedge funds all his life and and holds 99% of his wealth in Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Michael Saylor has pulled off some of the biggest moves in the space in regards to Bitcoin by putting Bitcoin on MicroStrategy's balance sheet, uh, getting Apple, getting Tesla into Bitcoin with Elon Musk and onboarding Elon Musk. The guy is an absolute genius and he's way ahead of his time so when you listen to him speak it's like you're getting an insight into the future before the future's even happened so imagine the only way i can explain it is like gary vaynerchuk is very rarely wrong when it comes to social media very rarely like 0.001 percent wrong because that's just his flow michael saylor is that to bitcoin and this whole cryptocurrency space and his whole methodology and, and this is one thing I've learned as well by I've, I've bought lots of altcoins and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute. But his whole thing is like, why would you buy altcoins when the apex predator, the one that's already won and, and the one that all the institutions are putting on the balance sheet is right in front of you. And it's still going to go up 200% a year for the next 10 years. It's like, that's just plain as day as far as I'm concerned. Very good question to pose. So yeah, let's dive into your investment strategy. So you mentioned that you do regularly invest into Bitcoin. Tell us about that. What does your investment strategy look like with crypto? Well, uh, for me, uh, my investment strategy went like this. I bought a Bitcoin. I, I regretted that I hadn't bought more. I bought more. Then I saw it fly up. So I thought I would take profits because you never go broke taking profits. But by taking the profits, one, I took the profits when I really didn't need to take the profits. And then obviously... The taxable event happened, all this stuff. So after all that, now I'm back at like 1.5 Bitcoin and and nothing else at that point. At that point, my investment strategy is simply this. Bare minimum, I want to carry for myself at that time is I want to go one Bitcoin, 10 Ethereum. So as soon as I got to one Bitcoin, 10 Ethereum, 
which didn't take me very long at all from that point. I then said, right, okay, I will stack, I'll keep 80% of my portfolio in Bitcoin and Ethereum at all times. Mm-hmm. More weighted towards Bitcoin because that is the apex asset. But obviously, you're going to get a bigger upscale with Ethereum, but I'm happy to lose out on some of that because I really do fundamentally believe that Bitcoin is going to change the game in lots of ways. So then then I put like 20% into altcoins. And when I say altcoins, I'm talking about altcoins with use case and adoption metrics. So projects like Cardano, Polkadot, and this, that, and the other. So the layer twos, I don't go to, I have got some layer threes and, and stuff like that, which is like your parachains of like Polkadot and stuff like that. But I keep my main asset base, 80% of it in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Because and I think most people, if they're new to crypto, and I, I, I don't know what your audience experience is right now with it, but if you're new to crypto, try and get hold of, you know, one Ethereum and 0.2 of a Bitcoin as soon as you can. And then start to build those up. And once you've got one Bitcoin and a few Ethereum, then you can start playing around in the altcoins and try and get these 10x and 100x gains that people are trying to get. But going into like Shiba Inu and trying to moonshot on money, which everyone else is trying to get you to do on TikTok and stuff like that, is not going to preserve your capital or help your family get wealth in the future. So I'm sure there's a fundamental reason you're doing it. And the reason would be something like that. And if it's for that reason, then you want to raise it that that would be the strategy i'll use yeah and in it for the long haul like i think um something that you mentioned at the start which is really interesting in a space that's starting to grow even more even daily as we're talking now is the ability to leverage against those assets you know that wasn't something that you could do for a long time it was just you held it in your wallet somewhere and that was just it you had to hold it and bank on it and hope that one day you'd be able to you know cash out out of it now you're in a position where you can actually start to leverage against us can you tell us a little bit more about the research that you've done in that space yeah, so I, I mean, at the percentages at the moment are like you can loan hundreds of thousands of dollars of, off the back of however many Bitcoin you've got, you know, percentage terms. Obviously, I've got I've got a line up for you, but you can loan about, I think it's like four, five, maybe 6% at the moment. And that's coming down all the time. So as the assets get more and more integrated into all these tech companies and this, that, and the other, the cost of borrowing against them is coming down as well. Soon, in the next 24 months, You'll be able to borrow against your Bitcoin, in my opinion, for less than you can can against the mortgage. So it's like, why would you sell it? Because as soon as you sell it, you got this taxable event. So that's where that's where I've gone with it. If now, however, when I bought Bitcoin, that kind of thing wasn't available so much at the time. Hmm. So if we were still in the stage now and you couldn't loan against the Bitcoin, I'd have probably been in the position where I'd be like, I'd be selling it at some point to take it and put it into property or put it into something that that I can loan against. But because that is coming into Bitcoin now, it's just completely changed the game. And how you hold it as an asset, you have to hold some Bitcoin. If you're going to have property, you've got to have digital property as well. Why wouldn't you want some of your portfolio in Bitcoin? I'm not saying go in all 80% in, but you want to own a bit in cyberspace as well as in the physical world. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's really interesting. Um, interesting timing discussing all of this because we've just had CBA come out with an announcement that they are going to allow all of their consumers to start buying and selling and trading cryptocurrencies. They haven't named the assets they're going to have on there yet, but you can probably guess who they're going to have there. And so it's just a really exciting space all around. So something that we do always love to dive into on these segments is what was your biggest win or loss that you've seen in the space? So I bought, I bought this, I, I, right. So I was, I was, <laughs> I was doing this bit of, um, 
research one day and I thought I found this like meme coin that I thought was going to pop off. And it, my friend told me that the coin that was going to pop off, it was, it was actually a coin called These Nuts that that, that my mate was buying. Yeah. It, was, it was called These Nuts. But I yeah. bought the wrong one. and I bought Wiener coin, which had oh, been no. released like, yeah, which had been released two years earlier. And I bought an absolute mozza of it, right? Two grand, I got millions and millions of coins. And I was really pissed off at myself because I've obviously bought the wrong coin. My mate's got the right coin. So anyway, I bought some D's nuts as well. So I had two grand of wiener and two grand of D's. I woke up the next day, this wiener coin had done an absolute moonshot and it, and it had gone to like 20K. Like I got like 20K US in, in my bank. I'm like, what's this? So I just sold it and I made 20K and it was an accident, complete accident. Wild, how good. Yeah, a complete accident. I was like, that's that's one thing I'm happy to pay the tax bill on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. Someone probably saw you doing it and they're like, oh, Market's moving. We've got to do something. This whale's come in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, because like literally on the graph, it was like this. It was like like the heart had stopped. And then there's a blip where I'd bought like this metal of the coin. And then, then the next day, it just went off like a rocket. And I was mm-hmm. just selling all the way up, just getting out of it, getting out of every position that I could get out of, just trying to dump it all because I didn't, I, I bought it by accident. Oh my gosh, so, how good. And how good there was enough liquidity for you to get out as well. Yeah, well That's this, often this, the this, tricky part. This this is it. This is it. The, the 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 volume that was coming into this coin at that time, it went on mark. Like if I'd left it a couple more days, it, it would have gone to hundreds of thousands of dollars. But obviously you don't know that at the time. You put in 2K. I just went out. I just got out. When, when I woke up, it sort of 20K in the morning. I just got out like straight away because I didn't need, you know, it's a complete accident. But I don't advise going into meme coins for anybody because if there's no utility and no value in them, like there's no value in the marketplace, trading on on a meme token, it's not really it's not really a good place to start. Well, it's not trading. It's more like gambling and throwing your money away. It, like this, that's essentially this, what you have to be it. happy to do. Um, in, in my personal opinion, is that when you're trading in those coins, is that you're happy to throw that money away. And if it comes back to you, awesome. Um, but yeah. a lot of it, just because of the volatility, if there's no purpose or the project behind it, then you really are just hoping and praying that something will happen there. So yeah, it's a very interesting space. Um, something that you are really active with chatting about on your Instagram is the world yeah. of NFTs. And you yeah. actually had some really cool podcast episodes on this. I don't think they've been released at the time that we're, we're chatting right now, but perhaps by the time this comes live, can you talk to us about like your experience with NFTs and um, some of the things you've seen in the space? Yeah, so a- NFTs, I was pretty like, I'll say, I was only a few months behind Gary V getting into NFTs and I've got some good NFTs that I've been keeping for a long time, like World of Women and stuff like that and some mutant apes and stuff and stuff that I've stacked in, in my wallet. And I, ha- I just had Jason Falovich, who's actual business partners with Mark Cuban on the podcast, who owns at NFT on Instagram and is massive in the NFT space. Now, get this, right? Jason doesn't own any NFTs. He's never owned an NFT. He doesn't own any NFTs. He just facilitates the platforms that facilitate selling them. But I, me personally right now, I wouldn't buy any more NFTs at this moment because I think the NFT space has been absolutely cooked with projects with 10,000 vector images inside them that, that don't have any use case, any community backing. They're fake Instagram followers following the accounts, bots in the Discord chats. Uh, I personally wouldn't go into NFTs right now. I think NFTs are way overvalued. 
And I also think that you need to wait another 12 months, see which other standout blue chips, pay a bit more money for them and go into them in 12 months time because I think the place has been absolutely flooded with scams. Yeah. And if you pair it back to something, you know, I guess in the real world that more people can kind of get their head around, which is art. And you think about, you know, there's all of the beautiful pieces that are in museums. And then if everybody goes, oh, hey, I can make art and starts drawing a stick figure and calling it art and posting it for sale in shops somewhere, you know, that's going to do the exact same thing and dilute the market. And that's what we're seeing now. And yeah, okay, you may get lucky and someone might think that stick figure is also really great and buy into the hype and want to buy that off you for an inflated price. But at the same time, you want to be looking for the Mona Lisa, which is what was there at the start, like those ones with community projects and all of the backing that was there originally. And they're so hard to find now because everybody's making them. So you're 100% right, I think. Yeah, I just want your audience to understand that they shouldn't even be looking at NFTs until they own a good stack of Bitcoin and Ethereum because Bitcoin and Ethereum is going to set you up for the rest of your life and and put you on a financial platform that you could only ever dream of right now if you invest in those two assets. You don't even need to look past those two assets to make vast amounts of gains and wealth in this space over the next five to 10 years. So that's what I'd say. And NFTs, like that, don't get me wrong, Gary Vaynerchuk just released a, a book a few months ago. And he was like, you know, if you buy 12 books of my new book, 12 and a half, whatever it was called, I'll send you an NFT that's going to be worth way more than the value of the books. Now, when it's someone like him saying that, obviously I bought. 12 books and I'll run the risk of having that NFT airdrop to me later down the track. But like we just touched upon, when the market's running red hot and NFTs are the new thing right now and crypto gaming is going to be the next new thing. And after crypto gaming, it will be Web 3.0 will be the next new thing that everyone's going into. And after Web 3.0, there'll be something else. But all your audience needs to remember is just go to Bitcoin and Ethereum and take part in the whole lot by holding two assets, not worry about the rest of it. Love that. And yeah, we actually um, had an episode a couple of weeks ago about all things NFTs. And we did dive into the metaverse, which is where crypto gaming and all of those exciting new things are being held. And that is a really exciting topic. So yeah, if you're interested in learning more about the future of NFTs, that's not just an art and it does have, you know, something behind that smart contracts that you can do something with, um, definitely jump back and listen to that episode because it's got so much incredible information in there. So Frankie, what do you wish you knew? When you first started out, obviously we touched on the fact that you you wanted to buy more Bitcoin and yeah. hang on to it, never sell it. Is there anything else that you wish you knew? There's lots of things that I, that I wish I knew, but the key thing I wish I knew is I wish I'd known just to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum and just to buy as much of it and as often as I can and just to hold it and not to worry about anything else. I wish I'd never bought an NFT. I wish I'd never got involved in the metaverse i wish i'd never bought land in the in the digital things because all that to me is all just noise basically i'm speculating on what i believe and don't get me wrong i'm gonna win in the long term in the next five ten years with the speculations that i've made because i've made them with research but let's just put it into context i could have spent hundreds and hundreds of more hours of time focusing on other stuff that are cash flow producing in everyday life if I wasn't trying to research where to invest money over here, when I just, if you just research Bitcoin and Ethereum, put all your money in them and just let them do 
what they do because they've got the network effect already and they're, they're already the Apple and the Tesla of the space. No matter what anyone says about Solana and all these projects, Solana, Cardano, Polkadot, yeah, they're all going to be big. They're all going to be big. They're not going to outpace Ethereum because Ethereum's got the fastest adoption curve since the internet was created. They're not going to outpace that. They've also got all the developers. They've also got all the NFTs. They're going to have after the metaverse is built on them as well. And the underchain Polygon has has loads of stuff um, of Ethereum has got loads of projects built on that too. So the layer twos. So it's like you have the opportunity right now to back the winning horses. Even at today's prices, you'll double your money in five years minimum. What, why, why make it difficult? And because you do have such a long-term play with this, what are you doing? So once you've purchased it, do you move it straight away to a wallet, to a cold wallet? Sometimes. But sometimes I stake it and sometimes I put it in high yield in the accounts like BlockFi that go and earn interest. But some of it I store on cold wallet as well. Some of it I take off exchange for, for worst case scenario, but some I leave on exchanges or stake it in other places because I want to leave it and let it go out there and earn stuff at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, the one, the biggest mistake that I've ever made and the biggest mistake most people make is because they make so many purchases on places like Uniswap and, and Binance and all this stuff, and you've got all the gas fees, right? And OpenSea when you buy NFTs. I've minted NFTs for $400 that have had a $300 gas fee. So I'm $700 US into the NFT already before we even started in the hope that I've got an uplift. Don't get me wrong, I've, I've earned money out of a lot of them. But I'm still running in a risk I don't need to run, and I'm burning my Ethereum doing it. It's like the biggest mistake humans make is they try to too actively manage the portfolio. If you know what's going to win and you'll know by doing the research, just buy the winners and sit back and relax and don't touch anything else. And yeah, then spend a thousand hours researching where you think the world is going, not where the world is right now. Like Because there's no point researching NFTs right now because the Colden's already cooking on them and people are already, already pumping and, and so it's already pumping. Crypto gaming's about to moon. You know, Web 3.0 is going to be after that. What's coming next? If you just, just buy these two assets, and sit on those and just think about what's coming next ahead of that curve and get there first with a few thousand dollar bets here and there, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars if you actually think about it long term. And that's, that's where people go wrong, I believe. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of people in this space are very open to talk about what sort of gains they have seen. Obviously, yours is changing all the time if you're continuing to invest in it. But I guess as a percentage, what sort of gains have you seen by adopting this strategy? 196% today. Pretty good. So 196% on, on what I started with, just by holding like 70% at the moment, probably Bitcoin and Ethereum. So, so it's like, yeah, I understand you could have a thousand X if I'd gone all old. So I understand that. But you could also have minus a thousand X too. A lot of people that might be listening to this might just want to put their money in and just set and forget, which is like index funds type investing. Bitcoin and Ethereum, hold them, put them on a cold wallet, you know, just put your keys somewhere safe and just relax for five years. It doesn't have to be some big audacious strategy. The simplest strategies in cryptocurrency work the best. I saw today, there was a person that knew his conviction in 2011 or 2013, he bought $216,000 worth of Bitcoin. And he's got hundreds and hundreds of millions worth of dollars worth of Bitcoin today. And it was this was the first time that wallet was activated in about eight or 10 years. It was activated today where he moved it from one wallet to another. And he paid pittance for moving hundreds of millions of dollars from one wallet to another as well. 
And that wallet had not been touched in eight to 10 years. And most people that listen to this show win massively if they just take action, buy Bitcoin and Ethereum, and then never touch it or never look at it for the next five, 10 years. Well, guys, you have heard it here first from a very passionate Frankie. <laughs> I'm so passionate about it because what I'm talking about here is life-changing wealth can be built. All you have to do is take the chance, do the research, understand that Bitcoin and Ethereum have already won the game. Go 50-50 on each of those if you want to do it like that, or 80-20, however you want to split it, I don't care. Do that, sit on it five years, sit on it 10 years, and you'll be sweet. You don't have to worry about anything. And if you have listened to this and it's resonating, it's dropping in hard and you're like, yeah, cool, sign me up. Jump back to our episode on dollar cost averaging and Tommy from SwiftX will walk you through exactly how to set that up on a recurring buy order. So you don't even need to jump in and do it. It's just automatically set and forget and you just invest continually week on week. And the best thing that I love about dollar cost averaging personally as well is it takes the emotion out. Like you said, Frankie, as well. It's just really removing all of that emotion, those ups, those downs, everything in between, you don't really care because overall, you're buying for a good price in a project that you back and that you love and you know is going places. I have it automatic buy every week, but then I'll buy it every day anyway because I, 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 I want to get this. I, I don't, I'm like, oh, it's, it's 5% up, buy. Oh, it's 30% down, buy. I, I'm just conditioning my mind that I don't care whether it's up, down or sideways because for the next 5, 10 years, I could buy it every day and I'm still going to make money long term because I've done the research and I know where it's going and I've got so much conviction with it. I'm not worried about it because it's like that. I just know where the game ends up. And if you do take on this strategy, we would love to hear from you. So if it's 12 months from now, six months, whatever's happening in your world, uh, when you look at your wallet and you think back to where it all began and it might have been this podcast that started it for you, Jump onto Instagram and let us know because we want yeah, to... Let, let me know. At Frankie Lee on Instagram if you want to let me know. But just one more thing. Don't buy anything you're not willing to hold for five years. Simple as that. Do not buy it today if you will not hold it for five years. You'll never lose money over five years, but you'll lose money if you buy things for six months, 10 months, 12 months. We could be in a bear market 80% down in, in the next 12 months and you'd be holding it. But if you hold it for five years, you're going to be sweet. Definitely. Amazing. Well, I'm sure there are so many people who've loved everything you said and would love to hear those conversations that you spoke about at the start as well. So we'll pop it all in the show notes, but where can people find you and the Frankie Lee podcast? So it's at Frankie Lee on Instagram. If you want to see my website, it's frankielee.com. That has all my episodes on there. And and also at Frankie Lee podcast on Instagram, at Frankie Lee podcast on TikTok. It's all there. Um, It'll all be in the show notes. And I appreciate your time today, guys. So hopefully that helps you. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been epic chatting to you. Thank you very much. Much love. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 